getting is good. Gentlemen, the getting is good. Welcome to the Mindset is Art podcast. I'm your mindset coach, CJ Leedy, and today we are talking about our favorite buzzword. It's got a lot of buzz for a good reason. The hype is real because it is one of the most important ingredients in the fulfillment concoction. Today is about two tools for purpose. And it's not just about finding your purpose, although that's included. It's also about finding purpose in the things that you already do. Because as we're covering a lot in this podcast, perspective is king and queen of the mindset jungle. Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. So a little disclaimer here, this is another steal from the book. I wasn't going to share this story. I was going to leave it for the book. But you know what? This is how I found this tool. So screw it. I love this story. So I'll just paraphrase it for you here. So I'm in Tokyo. I'm blissfully lost, wandering around. This is five or six years ago at this point. And I'd set off on a mission to find some either meditation schools or some sort of temple or just somewhere to witness some of the local meditation techniques. And after wandering around for a long time, I end up bumping into this Shinto temple. And it basically looks like a church. And I find an empty seat in the back. There's probably 20 people there. It's not like a full-on ceremony going on, but a bunch of people are doing this Shinto chant. And it's beautiful and instantly just puts me into a trance. And I'm sitting there in the back. I'm kind of hoping to go unnoticed, but clearly I stick out like a sore thumb. And the sweetest, cutest little elderly Japanese lady starts walking up to me with this big smile on her face. And she walks up to me and she correctly assumes that I don't speak Japanese. And so she starts trying to speak English and she says, you pay, you pay. And I'm like, oh shit, did I have to pay to come in here? And so I like, I start pulling out my wallet and I hold my wallet up to her and like, I'm like pointing at my wallet, like, do I need to pay? And she just starts laughing at me. She flashes another massive smile and she grabs my hand and she points to the front of the congregation and she says, you pray. It's hard to express how genuine and sweet this woman is as she's just radiating happiness and the desire to teach me about her religion. So she pulls me to the front of the congregation, sits me down by all of her old lady friends, and she asks, do you have bead? Do you have bead? And I sadly shake my head no, and she smiles. She reaches into her purse, and she pulls out this set of bead. It looks a lot like a rosary or something, and it looks old and used, like she's used it for 15 years. And she says, yours now. I'm like, oh my God. I give her the biggest hug and she squeezes me back. And she starts wrapping the beads around my fingers into this crazy little knot. I could never do it again. And my hands are in this just comfortable pretzel. And she starts teaching me the different words of this chant. Needless to say, my pronunciation is absolutely terrible. But I'm belting it out loud and proud. And her friends start to gather around. And they're all just laughing at me as I quite gladly make a fool of myself. And every so often, she stops me to tell a story, and most of it is in Japanese. A few English words here and there, but I really have no idea what she's talking about. But I can tell that these are exciting stories based on her enthusiasm. And so I start to make faces and act out what I think that she's saying with my body. And she and her friends just started uncontrollably laughing. It was honestly hilarious. And I'm realizing that I'm sitting there, lost, in an unfamiliar country, in a strange temple, acting obnoxious and goofy, singing in a foreign language with these little old ladies. And I just start laughing back even harder. It's honestly freaking hilarious. So after about an hour, she asked me to write down my address. And she says, I send you book. 
and we take a picture together and I show her a photo of the train because I'm trying to figure out how to get back to the metro. And instead of pointing like I expected her to, she takes my hand and she begins to walk with me. And we can't really communicate that well. So we're just walking quietly, smiling at each other. And I'm trying to explain to her she doesn't have to walk me all the way back, but it's useless. She just flashes her smile. We keep on walking. Six, eight, ten blocks later, she turns to me. We had made it to the metro. She grabs both my hands. She looks me deeply in my eyes and she says, you make me happy. <laughs> And I'm literally on the verge of tears. And I tried to explain my appreciation to her basically just with the size of my smile and hug because I had no way to communicate with her. And after the trip's over, I go home to the States. And sure enough, a package arrives at my front door. And it has the calligraphy that's clearly from Japan. And it's in the sweetest old lady handwriting. And there's my name and address. I rip it open in excitement. And I find these English translations of books and notes and a DVD. And I start flipping through the book. And this is where this whole story becomes relevant, is within the book, there's this flower-shaped Venn diagram. And after considering its meaning for a little while, you know, one of the things that I kept thinking about while I was there is like, especially with this lady, I was like, how is she so happy? Why does she seem so genuinely fulfilled? Like, I just hadn't been around a lot of energy quite like hers before. And I had been wondering that a lot. And so I was flipping through this book and I see this Venn diagram and I start to realize maybe this is the reason. What this Venn diagram is, it's a concept called Ikigai, and it's very prominent in the Japanese culture. And based on the happiness that I felt with this lady, I think she has a very strong sense of the concept called Ikigai. So the translation to English is really a reason for being or reason to get out of bed or life worth living or thing that you live for. As we would call it in English, it's your purpose, right? It's a way to develop powerful meaning in your life by focusing on something of great importance based on your beliefs, your values, your own sense of identity. So everybody's ikigai is different and it typically evolves throughout your life. And interestingly enough, Okinawa, Japan is actually referred to as the village of longevity. Life expectancy there has been ranked as some of the highest in the world for many, many years. And the locals do refer to their ikigai as one of the primary reasons for this. And multiple studies have linked having a strong sense of purpose, having their ikigai, does lead to decreased disease, increased lifespan, and certainly overall satisfaction, happiness. So what is the Ikigai? So it's a four-circle Venn diagram, and in the middle is Ikigai. One of the circles stands for what you love. One of the circles stands for what you're good at. One of the circles is what the world needs. And one of the circles is what you can be paid for. So if you'd like to go online, look it up so you can see the Venn diagram and the overlapping areas and kind of determine where you fall in different categories of your life, especially within your career. So such as maybe you're doing something that you're really good at and the world really needs and you can be paid for, but you don't necessarily love it. So that's considered your profession according to the Ikigai Venn diagram. So ultimately the goal is to find something that falls into all four categories. Then you have truly found an Ikigai. So spend a little time with that. Look it up. Do your own homework, see where you fall, maybe even think about where your friends, family, where they might fall within it as well. That might help you get a sense of maybe why they feel a certain way about what they do or just different ways that you could be a resource. So Ikigai is tool one. I didn't come up with that one on my own. I just found it based on this sweet lady. I mean, you can find it pretty easily. It's actually fairly popular. I see it a lot now that I know about it. So maybe you've heard about this before. But this one is not in the books. So you're getting a little bit of exclusive content here. This is actually something that I came up with years ago. It's called the Universal Boss Theory. So this is tool number two. 
So the universal boss theory is a tool that can help you figure out what your Ikigai is. It can give you a sense of direction within your career, or maybe it's a hobby or a passion project, whatever it is. It's focused on bringing both deep levels of fulfillment and achievement, so the internal and the external. Imagine this for a moment. Maybe you already have a job and you work for a boss, but if you don't, just imagine that you do for a moment. Okay, imagine you go into work tomorrow and your boss says to you, hey, I've got a change in assignment for you. For the foreseeable future, your job is to, one, impact the most people in the most positive way that you can, and two, do something that's true to you, do something you're good at and that you truly enjoy, okay? Impact a lot of people in a positive way. It's something you're good at and enjoy. Now, the better that you meet those two criteria, the more you're going to be compensated. Ready, set, go. Okay, what would you do? You know that your compensation is directly related to meeting those two criteria, impacting a lot of people in the most positive way you can, and doing something that you're good at and truly enjoy. So a lot of times when we go out looking for a job, we end up looking at the external compensation. That's what's advertised to us by employers, what we see in the media, typically it's what surrounds conversations you have with friends and family. Oh, how much money do you make? How many days off do you get? You know, What are your compensation look like? It's all external, right? But that's really only half the equation. You also have your internal compensation, right? That's your sense of purpose, your spiritual growth, your enjoyment, your connection to others, feeling proud about how you made your money, the love, the significance, excitement, you know, feeling that you're on the right track, whether it's contribution, whatever is important to you on an internal level. That's also just as important as the external compensation, but it doesn't get nearly as much attention. So ultimately, we come back to this question, right? What is the thing that you could do of how can you provide the most value to the most people and how can you do it in a way that you truly enjoy and that you're truly good at? And the more you maximize those criteria, the greater your compensation will be. This is how the world really works, right? This is how you actually go out and receive those forms of compensation. That is the universal boss. So whether you actually have a boss or not, that is the boss that is controlling those forms of compensation. So those are two tools. But listen, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, you know what, I already have the thing that I'm doing. I do enjoy it is what I want to keep doing, but I don't necessarily feel this overwhelming sense of strong passion, right? You got that whole grass is always greener effect. You're in something, you know it's good for you. Maybe it is your ikigai, but you just don't feel the purpose and the passion behind it. It's natural for your mind to start to compare other scenarios, see the value in other things, stress out about the things that you don't necessarily like and just find problems. But the truth is, as you may have heard, the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. It is greener wherever you water it. So this podcast is not just about finding your purpose. It's about continuing to rediscover it and realizing that if you're in a job that you seem to have lost a sense of purpose within, you may just need to shift your focus. Spend some time thinking through the elements that we just described. You know, how are you impacting the world? What is the difference that you're making? You know, sometimes it's incredible how much we're actually doing, but we just forget to pay attention to. So what do you love about your job? What ways are you good at it? What parts of it do you really enjoy? And what does the world need that you're fulfilling or helping to fulfill? So that's the tool today. Maybe for you, you're saying, I'm still figuring out what I want to do. Go through the Ikigai. Think through the universal boss theory. Or if you're in something that you want to stick with, spend some time refining, refreshing yourself, reminding yourself of those four key areas of the Ikigai and those two major questions of the universal boss theory. Uncover it, dust it off, find those pieces for yourself so that you can feel that sense of purpose behind what you do. 
So that's what I have for you today. That's what we're working with. I appreciate you tuning in for today's episode. It would mean the world to me if you wanted to leave a rating, a review, or share it with somebody that you thought might find value. But more than anything, I appreciate you being here. If you're interested, head on over to cjleady.com. Join the mailing list to stay up to date on the book launch, new podcast episodes, and other mindset motivation. This is the Mindset is Art podcast. Thanks for going to MI.